Wake Up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. You're listening to and watching Wake Up with Patty Catter. Today, I have a very unique guest on the show, Emma Dowd. Emma is a really good friend of mine. I'm so happy that I've met her. And honestly, when I met her, I didn't realize that she was a her. And um, we ended up talking and um, she came out one day and told me that, um, I don't even exactly remember how the conversation went, but appeared to be a male when I met you, right, Emma? And, um, I felt like a very sad male though, because I have a pretty high intuition or gut feeling when it comes to meeting people. Um, I just felt like you weren't super happy. And then you revealed to me that you were born with a penis, but you were also born with a uterus and you were, um, I'll kind of let you tell your story, but you were transitioning from being off of testosterone to, um, being able to be the woman that you need to be because you have more estrogen than testosterone. And now you are so much more happy and I'm so much happy for you. <laughs> like, I'm so happy for you. So Emma, um, I'd just like you to give a brief of um, what, what it is. I mean, some people say hermaphrodite, right? That you're hermaphrodite. Um, but now I've read a lot of people just prefer intersex. And so if you just give a little brief description of um, the terminology, because this is different for me too. I don't know all of the terminology. I'm not a doctor. I don't really care who's what, you know what I mean? Like you're a person, you're a soul and I love you. <laughs> um, and, and so just tell our listeners a little bit about that. And then we're going to go back to your childhood and where you grew up and where you came from and everything. Well, honestly, the, there's no difference between the two terminologies. It just depends on what you prefer. I mean, people think hermaphrodite sounds horrible. So they decide they want to change it. It's just like, it's just like custodian, uh, a custodian versus a, uh, a, a, uh, custodial engineer. Same thing. Uh, so really, there's no difference. But what it basically means, and there's some people that are all different. There are some people that have both genitals. There are some people that have one, but they have internal organs. Uh, there are some people that are born with both completely functional. There's some that were born with one that's, that functions, one doesn't. I'm the one that uh, the external does not show, but the internal is, and it does fully work. The external that I have for the male does not work. Um, it's just there. So you basically have a, a penis there that doesn't work. And then inside you're a woman, you have a uterus mm -hmm. that is fully functioning. That's right. <laughs> and um, in, a, in a long shot, I had, um, I've known since I was three. And uh, in 10th grade is when I found out, because I thought I had breast cancer. Honestly, I thought I had cancer underneath my my nipple. And, and it, that's not what it was. It was breast development. So um then's when I started taking testosterone and that's where I got some more of the male features. And that's also where I got my deeper voice because of the fact that it's, it changes you like that. And, um, so that's kind of where I, I got stuck. And then I stopped taking the testosterone because it really impacted my multiple sclerosis. And so I just decided to leave it as is. And for the longest time I was okay. Uh, but I was still sick. And then when I hit my head, I realized that the, um, uh, that the testosterone was kind of going away and the estrogen was starting to take over. So the problem that I was running into is do, what do I do? Do I go back on the testosterone and risk getting sicker than I already am? Or do I just let it ride and see what happens? And I let it ride to see what happens. 
And, um, I really didn't want to go through that sickness again. I was very sick the first time that I was, that I was on it. And so, um, this is what I got. Mm-hmm. So we're going to back up to around when you were three years old and obviously to your parents, you probably look like, Oh, I have a little boy. Right. I mean, who would know? I mean, you know, who, who I mean, you look at the first appearance and you're like, you think you have a boy. Um, but what happened when you were three where, um, you know, you kind of started noticing some things that didn't feel right. Well, you kind of know when you're going, um, when you're going from diapers to those, to those pull-ups and stuff like that, I kept telling my mom, I said, this isn't supposed to be here. This doesn't, this isn't, working. And she goes, no, it's supposed to be there. Trust me. It is. And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not supposed to be there. It's just not right. And then I wanted, um, the, the underwear that I was wearing, cause it's like the training underwear. I'm like, this is not the right type of underwear that I'm supposed to be wearing. And somehow, some way I, I kept saying that they're not, they're not smooth underwear. They're not soft underwear. What I was meaning was like silky or real soft underwear. Unlike guys, guys have more like rubber bands, even on the inside, it's mm-hmm. polyester cotton, but it's still very stretchable, whereas women's stuff, women's underwear is not, but mm-hmm. it's soft. It's very soft. And somehow I knew that at three years old, um, I was also starting to wanting to play with dolls. I wanted to play with, uh, you know, baby carriages. I wanted a cabbage patch kid. I wanted all that stuff and I was not allowed to have it. Um, I started watching and getting more interested in, uh, female shows that would come on like gem, uh, was a big, big one back then Shira and all those other kind of things. And I, I was kind of being pushed away from watching those because it wasn't a guy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's just naturally how I acted and, and, and wanted to be. And it, I didn't, I couldn't understand why I was being told no, you know, I mean, it's not like I was doing anything wrong. It's not like I was doing anything that was, um, weird, but to the world, I was weird. So that's why I was not allowed to do what I was supposed to do, but that's naturally what came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Looking back, um, were you able to have a conversation with your, your mom at least, um, about how you felt more feminine or did she ever think that you were just gay? Maybe. I don't know what she thought. Um, I know I talked to her now and she never really thought anything different. She did notice some of those things, but she just figured it was a phase. Um, however, it really wasn't a phase. So, um, at, at that time I was just too young to understand how to communicate with it. Cause I didn't understand what was going on. I shouldn't have even known that there was a difference between the sexes at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you usually don't even realize that until you're in, in kindergarten, first grade or something like that. When you see that there's differences, mm-hmm. um, the only difference that I knew is that I had a, um, I did have a female cousin and she, at the time, and she was, uh, she was just barely one, but I wouldn't have known the differences until, you know, she got a little older. So she, I was like three, she was like barely one years old. So when you were in school as a little boy, we'll start there. Cause that's, I mean, you had to act like a boy. Um, I'm assuming your mom made you get boy clothes. And, um, how was that going for you when you started getting into maybe, you know, even kindergarten, I remember I had like a little crush on a boy and a couple boys were fighting over me in kindergarten. I mean, like that happens. (laughs) Right. what, what were you feeling in kindergarten? Did you have any little crushes or did you just think that was wrong because the way you were being raised? 
didn't have any crushes, but I had a lot of friends. Um, I had a friend named Jennifer. I had a friend named Michael. I had a friend named Anne. But I mostly hung out with the with the women, the girls. I just did. Um, as far as clothes, I always felt awkward. I was like, these are just not cool. These make me look stupid, you know. And I was like, I don't know why I got to wear this. And then of course I had longer hair, and my mom wanted me to cut it, and so she had me go to with my grandfather when I was in first grade, and he cut my hair. He he took me to a barber. He he really. I thought we were going to the park. That's mm-hmm. not what happened. <laughs> I went and got my hair cut. So mm-hmm. I was not very happy. Mm-hmm. But um, but as far as crushes, no, not really. Uh, I Honestly, I never even really got interested in, in something like that until about eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But um, I, and I've never, I, I had people fighting over me, but it was more because they wanted me to hang out with them. And the, the weirdest thing that happened was when we would play house because we always had to learn how to be, like the, how the family worked and stuff. So that you, obviously you had your mom, your dad, your grandmother, your aunt, your sister, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the, the, the father, the grandfather, the uncles and, and the brothers and, and stuff like that. And I was always put in a role that I didn't understand. So I got frustrated with it and they're like, no, no, you're not doing it right. I'm like, okay. So I just got up and walk away and I would go play by myself. Mm-hmm. So generally a lot of the times that's what I did because I didn't understand it. And I, you know, the teacher would call me out on it. I'm like, I just don't, I don't understand what, how to play that. So that's why you got to learn. I said, yeah, but it's not making sense. I don't want to be in that role. They're like, well, what role do you want to play? And I said, this one, they're like, you can't be that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where, that's kind of where it got stuck. And Mm -hmm. I got a lot of problems from. And you went to a a private school, correct? Yep. I went to a Lutheran school. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. very strict. My great grandmother, uh, my grandmother's uh, mom and dad helped commission the thing and helped build it. And we're one of the founding members of it. So we had a lot of history there. My grandmother went there. My my uh, my mom went there. My uncles went there, and uh, I went there too. So it was a little bit different. But the thing about it was, it was kind of nice because it had small classes, like I think maybe ten kids in a class, maybe maybe eleven or twelve, and that was tops. And so it was uh, it was nice to have the smaller classes. But again, I didn't fit in. So I literally had to learn how other guys did things because I kept being told, you're a guy, you're a guy, you're a guy. And like, I don't, I don't get this. So I would watch kids. I'd watch other guys, see what they like to do and try to mimic it. And so I could basically be a chameleon if you really want to call it something like that. And so I would sit there and I would watch what they did. I would mimic it. And I would sometimes take it to the extreme. I mean, you ever watch these TV shows where like these girls try to act like guys and they and they, mm-hmm. they they really they really massacre it. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I did. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I was just I and then I became annoying when I got it down to the point where no nobody would really notice any difference. Um, like with football, you know, every I knew guys like football. So I learned every stat, every guy. Uh, every play, every move, everything that you could possibly do. And that's all I talked about. It was driving people nuts. Oh my goodness. So, so when I met you, I remember my initial um, thought was like, this person's so nice, but I just feel like there's something wrong. Like there's some, this just had some sad things happen in their life. And um, when we, we started talking and 
you started explaining things. I was just like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine at all what it must have been like growing up and having to pretend like you're something that you're not. First of all, I actually was doing some research last night about autism because I have another guest coming on my show, but I learned something about masking it's called. And it's when you have to pretend like you're something else and you watch people and you learn from them. And it is like a chameleon kind of an effect, like you explained. And that must've been really hard, especially like for me at night, when I go to sleep, I think of everything. Right. And so I can't imagine like Um, during school, you're kind of busy and you're kind of wrapped up into it and you're getting used to it. But then when you're home by yourself, how are you feeling? I mean, when did your thoughts start kicking in? Like, especially junior high and high school, I think junior high, we'll, we'll go there because we, we talked about some of your elementary experiences, but you must've felt very out of place. And, and that must've been a really hard feeling. It was very hard. Um, I mean, basically when, when you do that masking, as you call it, uh, what you're doing is literally creating an alternative universe and reality around you. So in order to keep up that lie that you're, that you're making, you literally have to watch everything that you do say and act. So you have to dot every I cross every T do what you need to do in order to, to keep going on with that. So you got to remember what you said and it's very tough because it literally drains you. And so during school, yeah, it was a little bit easier because I, I was mostly in class. But, you know, I didn't get asked to, to I didn't get asked to go to prom. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go to homecoming. I didn't go to any really. I went to the dances, but I only went to hang out with my friends. And even my friends are just more interested in dancing. So I hung out by myself. Um, you know, I didn't really have that interest that other kids did. And so they started thinking that I was very weird. And so they would ask out girls for me. I'm like, please don't do that. You know, and, and they would. And of course it cost me some friends, but the one thing that I did do is I got to hang out with all the females and, and that really PO'd a lot of men that I was able to do that. And I didn't really think anything of it, but you know, when they needed me, when they needed somebody to be asked out for them, they came to me because I could go right up to them and talk to them without an issue. So it, it had its advantages, it had its disadvantages. But when I got home at nighttime, I'll tell you, I was exhausted. Um, it was very hard for me to function. And then on top of it, you know, I started working early. So I, I was working when I was a, like a, a freshman and uh, and I'd go to work and I'd have to hold it there too. So now I have longer times when I come home and have to, um, you know, obviously do your homework when you get home and then, you know, you got to go to sleep. So I really had no time to even digest the fact of what was going on. I know I didn't have a lot of interest in people. I did when I was in eighth grade, but there was nothing I could really do about it. And then I, so I learned to have to train my thoughts to portray the person that I was. So Mm -hmm. I learned to actually like females and, um, but I still, it wasn't something I outwardly went for, but Mm -hmm. I did ask out a few people. And honestly, you know, to, to keep my secret, I had, and I didn't even ask them why I just said, look, I said, I'm in a real bind here. Would you mind just pretending to be my girlfriend for like two weeks and then you could break up with me and everything's good. And that they did that. Mm-hmm. And that actually kind of helped me stop the, the bullying that was going on. And in eighth grade is really when they kind of exposed it or kind of knew something was wrong. And then when they exposed my, my, my secret a little bit, or they thought they did. And then when all the bullying started. And mm-hmm. then when I got really in a, in a nasty situation. And can you tell us about that situation? Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was in speech and debate. And one of the things that we were doing was we were creating like a, um, 
like an instruction manual and you literally had to be all the way through. So it's like, okay, I, here's a case T to get the case. You got to pick it up with both hands. You got to open it up. You got to then pull out this and put it in one of your pull out. And that's how you had to kind of do it. So I had, I was set up with a, with a, a, a good friend of mine. I thought her name was Becky and uh, we were supposed to work with each other. We had been practicing it for two to three weeks and we both knew what we were going to do. And then the day of, they decided to, um, I get up there and I'm ready to do her thing. And she hands me this thing of pantyhose. I'm like, what's this? She goes, oh, you're putting on pantyhose. I'm like, wait, what? No, that's not what we, what we agreed to. And so I asked the teacher, I said, look, I said, I don't want to do this. And she goes, if you don't do it, you're going to fail. I'm like, all right. So I did it. And, but I would not take off my socks for a reason. And I would not take off my pants. Not going to happen. So I brought it up to like the mid thighs. And they, then when I realized is that they had the, the yearbook crew come in and take pictures of me. So I'm in the yearbook with putting this stuff on. And that was all because she was a very popular kid. The popular kids wanted to know what was going on with me. Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up in the yearbook that year, unfortunately. And when I was done, I yelled at the teacher. I said, why did you do this to me? Um, and she goes, well, I said, she goes, I actually stopped it. They wanted you to put on a full dress and everything else and mm -hmm. do your hair. I was like, oh my God. And I went to Becky. So why did you do this? I said, you, you, you ambushed me. She goes, it's not, it was not what I wanted, but everybody else wanted to see what was going on. And they wanted to see what, if, if you were gay or if you were weird. So they were trying to see what I would look like. And they, she goes, I'm really sorry. She goes, I did not want to do this. I'm like, then why did you do it? She goes, cause I would be kicked out of the, uh, out of the clique and out of the group and stuff like that. And she goes, I don't want to lose any friends. Okay. That's so annoying. I know it, um, kids are so mean sometimes too. But um, then they got me again in eighth grade. That's mm -hmm. a, this is really where it came out is, uh, at the last day of uh, it was eighth grade day. So all we do is sat in the garage in the um, gym and they were supposed to do like this, uh, skit where the guys would be dressed up as 1950s, uh, girls and, and, uh, poodle skirts and the, and the girls would be greasers and they were going to, we were going to sing grease lightning. So they picked me to do it. They said, go back there and get your outfit on. So I did. I came out as the only one doing it. And they they got me. And I got so upset. I went inside, took off everything and walked right out the front door. They said, where are you going? You can't leave yet. You're going to be in trouble. I said, what are you going to do? Fail me? I said, no, I'm out. I said, you got, you're lucky I don't tell my mom what's going to go on because I had planned on it. But um, then I, knew, I realized my mom would have been upset too. And that kind of would have popped up other questions. So I just walked home and just said, forget about it. But I went to, I left school at like 11 o'clock in the morning. I was, wasn't supposed to leave till three. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a bad situation, but then's, then's when they realized how closely I did look. Mm -hmm. And then's when I started getting bullied. Mm -hmm. Um, when you were in 10th grade, you mm -hmm. said that you had, you thought that you were developing a breast cancer because you were feeling breasts mm -hmm. and that's when you went to the doctor and started discovering what was actually really going on. Could you tell us about that process? Yeah, like mid-10th mid grade, I started having some weird uh, changes in my body. And I was like, okay, you know, it's just weird stuff. You know, I just chalked it up to that. I'm weird anyways. So um, I didn't think anything of it. But then I started feeling like these big painful lumps underneath my nipple. And I was like, okay, this is probably not good. But I did, really didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to tell my mom. I was scared, you know. And I thought they would just go away. And unfortunately they didn't. So luckily for me, my junior year, I was, I was working, I had a full-time job. Uh, I had my own insurance and I had just turned 18, um, in, uh, November. So of, of my junior year. So technically I was, I graduated when I was 19 and, uh, 
I was actually able to go to the doctor and I went to the doctor and they asked me, I told them what was going on. They said, well, that's not cancer. I said, what do you mean it's not cancer? So what is it then? They said, it's, it's milk glands. It's uh, your breasts are developing. And they didn't understand why. So what they decided to do was to put me on a high testosterone regimen and that would stop it from growing. And they asked me if I wanted to do that. And I said, well, yeah, because otherwise I'm going to get beat up. I haven't taken PE yet. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And, and I did it. I came in once every other week and took some shots. And I did that for my junior year, my senior year, and then just a little bit into 1999. And that's when I stopped. And um, it did stop everything. And it, it allowed me to grow secondary uh, things like uh you know, face, facial hair, chest hair, leg hair. Cause I really didn't have any leg hair either. Um, it deepened my voice a little bit. So it made it easier to, to, to portray a guy. Cause I mean, when you, when you have like a little hourglass body, I was 120 something pounds tops. Um, not very tall. It, I stood out. And so I would, I also bit my fingernails to make myself look, you know, rugged, like I had rugged nails, but I really didn't. And, um, then's when I went in later because I kept having an ulcer. Uh, my 10th grade year. And I thought maybe that had been from the testosterone, but I wasn't quite sure. And um, they did an ultrasound and I didn't have an ulcer. I had a uterus and it was a working uterus. So for the year before that, I thought maybe that's what it was. I was having a, I was having a menstrual cycle. And that's really when it started now, obviously I'm a late, I'm a late bloomer because of the fact that, that I had both systems mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. So that made it a little bit tough for, for me to distinguish what it was, but I kept thinking I'm like you know the one, one thing about about um ulcers is they don't go away mine would go away you know and, and not taking too too much I mean I drank my lanta like it was going out of style but it didn't really stop it shouldn't have stopped unless I physically went in and had the surgery to have it fixed because it was considered a bleeding ulcer because I was I was kind of anemic and that's why so once a month I get anemic um, I still get sick I get very sick towards the end of the month um, and I would always get moody, like around this time, actually, around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, I'd start to get really, really moody. And that would last for about a week. And then I would get really sick. And then a couple of days later, I would start to show blood in uh, in my urine and stool. Mm-hmm. I know it may be TMI for two weeks. No, no, people, I was actually going to go there. I was going to go there. Sounds good. <laughs> so that's that's where I started realizing that I'm bleeding. That's why they thought I had a bleeding ulcer. Mm-hmm. Oh, um. So when you were in junior high and high school, most boys for sure. I mean, yeah, even when I was younger than that, I remember hearing like, just, I would say that's so gross. Like in fifth grade or something like the boys would say they were waking up with a Woody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So did that happen for you? Does that, did that ever happen? Did you, would you get hard um, like a a normal penis? And I I told you before the show, I wasn't going to be that explicit, but I, I just decided to do it. You can do it. Um, <laughs> you can just let it rip. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, when you're out on a date or something and, um, like maybe in high school or whenever we're going to dive into something really juicy here pretty shortly, cause you ended up getting married to a female, but when you were near a woman or making out with one, did it ever get excited? No. Um, it never did. And that's what I kept thinking was really weird too. Cause I, like I said before, I really knew that the situation I never, I, I couldn't understand why it wasn't working. Um, mm-hmm. I never had one of those wet dreams. Uh, it never worked period. 
Um, and ironically, like I said, I was interested in people, but I was interested in the, in the other sex. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go out on dates. I, I never kissed anybody until actually the, my wife. That was the first person and only person I ever kissed. Mm-hmm. So um, I never had those. In, I, I never had those those instances. And honestly, I never was like like the girls in, in my school kept saying, you know, you're, you're it's like dating my own sister. It's like dating my best friend. And, and that's just weird. And they couldn't put their finger on it. But I heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. And with guys, they were just like, you know, oh, you're gay and all that other kind of good stuff. So I never had an, an, any relationships and it never worked, unfortunately. Um, it was just more of a, the only the only thing, the only sensation I get out of it is pain. Mm-hmm. It hurts mm-hmm. and it always hurt. And I don't know why. Still don't know why. They can't tell me why. But it's it's useless. It's mm-hmm. it's really useless. Mm-hmm. Um. So I know because I went to a a Christian school, it was a very, very strict school. Um, I really didn't have like makeout sessions or anything like that either. I think my parents would have killed me. Um, So were you able to use the excuse at all of going to a private school to be on the more narrow path or um, not really? Not really. After I was here for a while, it was different. But like when I, uh, when I first came down here, obviously everybody's making out with everybody in fifth grade. I was horrified because honestly, if we even held hands in a, in a Lutheran school up North, we got the stick, yeah. you know, it's like slap. <laughs> and, uh, so I wasn't allowed to do anything like that. So to see it here, it was quite an eye opener. But, um, as, as the time went on, they're like, you've been here for years now. It's, I can't use that excuse anymore. Mm-hmm. So what I just kept saying was like, I just don't have time, um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd make up some other excuses, but it did not, it did not stick. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just basically just shut them up for a little bit and they knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they started coming up with the, you're gay type thing and coming after me that way and trying to expose my, my stuff. And when it kind of slipped out, cause like the, the biggest time that they slept it out was my friend came over and he was kind of, he was kind of a dick. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, but he got along with me and I got along with him. But he brought over and I had a couple of other friends over uh, some Playboys and I didn't go for him. I didn't grab him. And he goes, why are you not grabbing him? And I said, because I'm not interested in him. He goes, are you being a goody goody? And I said, no, I'm not being a goody goody. And he's like, well, then you're, you're gay. And I'm like, oh, whatever you want to say, you know, and that was the worst thing to say because he actually mm-hmm. took that as, as an admission and, and uh, ran with it. Mm-hmm. And my school life was never the same after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then, especially it was different. I mean, now um, kids are, are learning to be a little bit more kind, but still, um, even now, before, so Emma, I was telling you before the show that I made a post in my podcast group and I was probably, I was, I was actually definitely more nervous than you were. Cause you were like, ah, eh, no, no worries. Like you've been dealing with it your whole life. And I'm just like, I want to make sure everybody is very kind to you and nice and that they understand what's going on because, um, somebody misunderstood the post and thought that we were bringing up like gay versus like all this other stuff. Like, yeah. And you're not trans transgender. No, you literally, that's what, yeah, that's the problem that I think a lot of people, I mean, you don't run into too many people like me. You really don't. So that I can see why that would be a common misconception of, of that and why I'm quickly labeled as that and in that community. But I have a, I have a huge experience with that, with that community that would shock people. Tell us. Well, Just I'm a little, not, so you don't <laughs> see when I think when I told people, um, most people said, well, as long as you're happy, 
I'm never, this was never about being happy. This is who I was. Um, and ironically, what you're looking at right now, there's no, I did not use any, any uh, hormones. I was, I, there's no surgery. There's no nothing. This is me. This is how I looked. And it was hard kind of having both features. Mm -hmm. So um, a transgender person, it's, they're born chromosomally a male or a female. They have no other secondary features. They will not, a man will not grow breasts. They will not grow feminine looking features at all. A female will ha not have a penis. They will not have anything like that at all. They need to go through heavy duty treatments in order to maintain that, in, in order to get that. So a, a typical thing would probably be about four milligrams of estrogen, whereas a normal female or, or somebody like me would get one or maybe two. And that's just to maintain things. Um, they would need surgeries, extensive surgeries. And that is, um, that's considered a choice, whereas mine was not a choice. This is who I was. This is what I naturally look like. And I actually got a lot of flack from the LGBTQ community because once I told them who I was, the first question that always comes out of everybody's mouth is, what are you doing for transitioning? I'm like, well, nothing. They're like, you cannot look like that without going through stuff. I'm like, I did. I, I That's I don't know how to explain it, but I did. And that's because I naturally produced the hormone, the chromosomes. I have a uterus. Whereas, so if I was to literally do the gender reassignment surgery and open up what I, what I should have had in the first place, I could get pregnant. A man couldn't, no matter what, unless he had a uterus implant. I don't even know if that would work. So, um, you know, that's, that's the biggest differences. So I piss off a lot of the LGBTQ community. I've been kicked out of most of them um, because they don't fit the, the narrative and therefore it gets people pissed off. And, um, like I saw the thing about the bathrooms now, see, I totally agree with the bathrooms. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of people I've seen they're they're They look totally like a guy. They're not even trying to look like a female and they get up from wherever they are. Hey, I'm a female. I'm going in the female bathroom. That's when bad things happen. So I do have a big problem with that. For me, I won't use the female bathroom or the male's bathroom because I'm going to get beat up or, or ridiculed out of each one of them. I have to plan everything that I do in order to make sure that I don't have to go to the bathroom. Or if there is a bathroom, I will use a um, like a male, female bathroom, the, what mm -hmm. they call them, community bathrooms or yeah. something. Or like and a same line bathroom that. or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I look for. And a lot of, or I look for like a single use female bathroom. Like most of the time you find those at like gas stations. Mm -hmm. Like the other day, last two Fridays ago, I was sitting with my friend. I hadn't seen in over a year because of COVID and we're sitting at Chili's and, and they just kept bringing me those blackberry, sweet, sweet blackberry teas. And I am addicted to those things. And I completely lost track of time before I knew it. I drank almost seven of them things and I was floating really bad. So I went back to the bathroom to see if they had uh, a community bathroom and they didn't. I'm like, okay, so I'm sitting there holding it, holding it, holding it. I'm like, I can't hold it anymore. So I was rushing home to, to, uh, find one. And I, there's a couple of places. I know sometimes Publix has a, has a, a community bathroom. Mm -hmm. They didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to target. They didn't, but I could have used the female bathroom at target. It's one of their policies, but I won't do it. That's just mm -hmm. not who I am. Um, and it's not a matter of the fact that I can't pass for one. The problem with it is, is that I have MS. And if I pass out or I have an issue and they need to get me out of there, they will see what I have and I will, I, it will be a felony. And I'm not going to do that. I refuse to do that. So, but I also hope, I also am being called a martyr for doing it because I'm suffering. But I think it's, I just think it's right not to use that bathroom. Mm -hmm. 
So um, these are the these are the kind of things I run into all the time, and I actually am at odds with the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as the bathrooms, I can understand. Um, you know, if a woman might get a little bit frightened if there's a big burly man in the bathroom, you know, um, <laughs> but you're not exactly a big burly man for one. No, no, <laughs> you're I know pretty I'm not. small. And, um, for another, I've been in a situation where, um, we went on a trip with some friends and one of our friends is a male had a really, really go, like he could not hardly hold it. And even my husband, he, he has problems, um, sometimes because he has to use the bathroom urgently. Um, so if he, or somebody I know really had to go into the women's bathroom and you're with some friends, I could see them like maybe standing at the door and saying, Hey, like my friends in there had to use the bathroom, you know, couldn't get into the other one or whatever, make up an excuse. Um, I would think that would be fine, but also, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really bothered by it. I'm not really afraid of honestly, anybody. So even a big burly guy wouldn't scare me off. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm pretty small, but I'm not scared of much. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I'm tiny too for a guy and just barely over five, six. Mm-hmm. And you have a small frame body. You had some bikini photos done recently. Yeah. Amazing pictures actually. And I was just like, <gasps> how are you looking like that? And I'm struggling (laughs) over here. (laughs) I was just only born female. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, um, you have a nice little figure. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Um, so you ended up getting married to a woman. How did you meet this lady? Believe it or not, it's, I know people aren't going to know it, but I'm going to say it as it was when I met her, I, I met her at the ice palace. The Ice Palace became the Emily Arena where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. And I was the security guard and she was a ticket taker. And the reason I did that was because my grandmother said, if you're if I'm helping you with school, uh, with college, you're not going to any hockey games because I was a hockey fanatic. Hmm. So I found a way of getting paid to be there and watch them. So I got to and, I, you know, being a security guard is one of the coolest jobs I ever had because I literally had, um, I got to, I got to hang out with Aerosmith. I got to hang out with Wayne Gretzky and all these other guys and stuff. It was really cool. Um, and, um, so anyways, it was at the, it was at the who concert and there was a guy dancing on the chair and I was working, I worked the whole floor. Cause I always got the rowdy people. So mm-hmm. I got the floor of the who concert and at the Emily arena, they have like a, a chair that has like padding, like this thick and it's an extremely heavy chair. It's meant so that way it won't just easily fall over. And there was a, but it folds up. So there was a guy dancing in that. I'm like, my God, this man's drunk. So my wife went and got me and said, there's a guy over here that's giving me problems and he won't listen. And so I said, I'm like, look, sir, I don't care what you do. You can dance all you want, have fun, but just don't do it on these chairs. You're going to get seriously hurt. Dance on the floor. Come out here and dance at me. I don't care. I'll dance with you. Just (laughs) let's, you know, just don't do that. Okay. Okay. So I walked back. I was in the back of the back of the, uh, the, where the ice would, about where the goal would, would sit. And she came and got me again. And so I went back over there, had the same guy, same problem. I said, look, I said, I don't know if you don't understand why I'm telling you this, but I said, you are going to get hurt, seriously hurt, dance on the floor, dance on the, on the side. We're good. And so he did. Dang it. Not even, not even 15 minutes later, she comes and gets me again. He's doing it again. So this time I, I, tell him, I said, look, I said, I am going to have to ask you to leave if you don't stop again. And he got he completely lost it, jumping up and down, screaming and hollering, and a bag of cocaine falls out of his pocket. Oh, man. 
And I said, guess what? Now you're not going to be here to enjoy the rest of the concert. So he tried pushing me. I went and grabbed him, tackled him to the ground. She went and got the cops. The cops came by and, arrest, and arrested him. They got him for insulting me. And um, that's how we met. And we've been <laughs> together ever since. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so when you when you were with her, do you guys kiss? Do you hug? Do you play around? Do you Can you feel any... I guess it would be hard for you to even maybe know, like, can you feel any excitement when you're with her, like in your genital area at all? Or how is that for you? Kissing, hugging, it's more, uh, it's more of a, of a intimate relationship than sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I think is just as exciting, if not more powerful than anything else. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't work. Uh, I, I honestly, if it does, which is very, very, very rare, um, it usually comes after taking a, a testosterone shot, which I haven't had in, in 17 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it would be, it would be tough. And even if I did at that point in time, it would work for maybe five minutes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, about the and most, would, most guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but kidding, I mean, guys. it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be able to, to, to have a, like a, it wouldn't be even get to that point for intercourse, but mm-hmm. it would just it would just have some feeling in it. That's it. That's mm-hmm. what I consider working. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, like I said, it really doesn't work. It, it never, and I think she's, I, I think my MS has a lot of problems with that too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that, I, I can't prove that it does, but <laughs> I've, I always blamed it on that mm-hmm. and that's she just accepted point. it. And, and we have been, we've never, it, she doesn't have a big sex drive anyways, and neither do I. Mm-hmm. So honestly, you know, holding hands, curling up in bed, um, you know, kissing, uh, giving hugs, that's so much more important. And then we just, and, and I always try to make some time to, to take her. Like one of the things that I focus on is going to Disney with her, uh, mm-hmm. or going to, uh, movies or going out places. So, um, it's more our time and mm-hmm. I always make our time for us. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what we do, but I definitely make sure I have special, special time deviated. So that way I don't have like friends. I don't have work. I don't have anything, just me and her. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's been very powerful and important. Mm-hmm. I think that is great. And for her, she probably, I'm guessing may think that she's sort of lucky because sometimes one partner will hog it all and not reciprocate to the other. So in this case, she yeah. gets it all. I mean, she gets all the attention, right? She does. And I, I'll tell you one of the things that only really worried me about her last year as we were sitting at Mr. Dunderbox and um, she was seeing my, my, my Facebook profile blowing up and she's, she's like looking at me really weird. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, um, I don't feel, um, I feel uneasy about that. I'm like about, she goes, yeah. She goes, I don't feel like I'm, I'm as pretty as you are. I said, what? I said, don't you ever think like that? I said, there's no way I could be like you in a million years. I said, even if I wanted to, I couldn't be like you. So um, I'm like, don't feel inadequate about yourself. And um, so she was actually comparing herself to me as like, I was like a, um, like like the cheerleader, the head cheerleader or something like that. And I said, no, that's not, that's not, she goes, look, she goes, if we were in school and, and I, and I got to know you, she goes, I probably would never talk to you because she goes, you would be like way cooler than I would be. I said, I'm like, you know me. I said, I talk to everybody. I said, and I give everybody a chance. So I said, that would be just hurting yourself. But I said, I would never not talk to you. 
Um, and I said, I don't care if I had that status or not. That's just the person I am. I talk to everybody. I want to hear everybody's story and I want to make everybody feel good. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there's no way in hell I would ever do that. But I said, with that mind thinking, I said, just think about this for a minute. If that's the way you truly feel, I said, what you were managing to do and you said you're ugly, you as a female nabbed another female that was technically the head cheerleader. So I said, you can't be all that bad. Otherwise that never would have happened. <laughs> so I said, don't, don't short yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, um, that's true. Now talking about, you like sharing people's stories. You have a podcast. Yeah, I do. And it's going to be, uh, I, originally it was strictly art, music, and entertainment. So what I was focusing on was like celebrities, uh, musicians, uh, authors, uh, actors. I worked directly with uh, Lifetime and Discovery and uh, Hallmark Channel. So I got a lot of great guests on. Um, and I wanted to see people, how they overcame their their tri- trials and tribulations. Because honestly, if you're in the art industry, you better have a hard constitution because you're going to hear the word no a lot. And you cannot take it um personally, but it's one of the hardest things to crack. So I wanted to hear their stories, but I also wanted to hear what they had coming out. And um, I realized that a lot of the talent felt shy of where they could be only because of the fact they didn't believe in themselves, but they had better talent than some of the stuff that's on the radio today. And then I was shut out because I was a photographer and they wouldn't even mention me because I wasn't as big as Ansel Adams. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a way of getting this stuff out there. So that's what I did. I created a network. And eventually the network was supposed to grow to help underprivileged kids or at-risk youth find an alternative to, you know, premarital sex and just sleeping around and drugs and gangs and everything else and getting out their message in different ways. So that's what I was hoping to build with that. But that took a back seat. And then when this happened, I had no choice but to change my identity. So I decided, and then COVID hit at the same time. So I'm like, you know what? Hollywood died. Um, Nashville died for a while. So um, I started bringing on other things that I could talk about. It wasn't as plentiful, but it was like, you know, health. And it was like helping with dogs and um, different things like that. I said, well, why don't I open up that story too? So I'm trying to have more of a variety. And so it's still the same art, music, and entertainment, because that's the industry I'm in. But yet it also has the, the, the health, the lifestyles, the uh, animals, the, the good stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and everybody's got a story and I want to hear those stories. So that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting for with this podcast. And I think that I now have the ability to create that that actual foundation I wanted to do to help uh, at risk youth. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that you're in such a better mind frame than when I first met you. I just felt like you were totally. really struggling with something. And now I look at you and your eyes are lit up and you're <laughs> happy and you're smiling and you're taking like lots of pictures and like just doing great things. And one thing I did notice is sometimes you'll have men hit on you on your Facebook and it kind of cracks me up because for me, if that happens, I can easily blow them off and be like, dude, I'm married. Just leave me alone. Um, but with you, you even have a better, if you wanted to, you could have like a way better, um, what would you call that? Like, a like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, what <laughs> do you tell them? Like, Oh, for your information, I'm married. And I'm also, um, a hermaphrodite. Like most men are so close-minded, um, when it comes to that. And I don't, I shouldn't say most men, but a lot, they freak out about stuff like that because they don't understand it. So have you ever done that just to get at them? Because that some of them are pretty rude dudes. 
Yeah, they are. You've seen some of the stuff that they put out and I've gotten a lot of dick pics. I, I was getting dick pics like over 20 to 30 a week and mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. And um, some of them, I did say that. And you know what? It actually blew up in my face. They actually got more excited and more intrigued. And I was like, no, I ain't never going to do this again. So basically I just, I, I can be real sarcastic. And I'm like, you know, that's nice. Thank you. But please don't do that again. And if they do, then's when they get the full, the full out um, German sarcasm that I have. So uh, I, I will, I will put them in their place pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have blocked a lot of people and uh, I've said some pretty nasty things to them when they don't listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one guy sent me a dick pic and I said, please stop. And he sent, he sent me another one. I said, I said, why did you leave that hot dog sitting outside for that long? And they said, the poor thing looks like it's dead. I'm like, look at it. It's white and shriveled and, and it's tiny. Look how tiny it is. And they're like, the guy's like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. And like, like oh, you're going to get a lot worse if you send another one. So, you know, I did stuff like that. And then like one guy sent me um, this picture and he goes, uh, he was from, he was foreign and he goes, I want sax. I want a picture of sax. I sent him a wow. picture of a saxophone, you know, that's, that's what he wanted. Oh, he got so mad at me. He screamed at me. It was ridiculous. I'm like, I'm like, stop. I said, that's what you asked for. Oh and he, cause he actually wrote it S a X. I'm like, you want a sax picture? I'll send you a sax picture. No big deal. You know? And so, yeah, I do, I do pick on a lot of people and I know it's kind of hard for people to, to see that, especially if they do know me, but I, I, I don't, I'm not nasty to them on the comments, but I will be, I will get to them in, in my messenger. So even though if you see it, don't, don't worry, I'm getting, I'm getting on it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes it's just fun. It's just funny to see. And sometimes I just get a laugh at it, but usually I just blow them off. I don't, I don't, I don't go forward with any of it, but yeah, my Facebook has had some adventures. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. It's always an adventure on your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where can people find your podcast? What's the name of it? It's Emma's World and it's 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 called it's Emma's world.com. And if you wanted to see some of my weird inner minds, uh, some of my photography, it's a mixture of everything. So it's like a it's like a it's like a corporate website, I guess you could say to send you to all the other stuff. It's uh, it's it's Emma's diaries.com. So it's an S at the end. I messed up. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have bought that thing at like midnight, but I did. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up putting an S at the end of it. So it's Emma's diaries.com. And that, that shows you everything I got going on more than just the radio. So if you want to see my photography, you want to see some of my inner rants and raves and, and things that I believe in. And, and some of my, I call them make them up tips. So it's um, make up, but with EM at the, you know, so if I come up with something that I find that I think might be really helpful, I'll put that stuff out there too. So, uh, I, I have a lot of weird, I, I can, I'm, I'm a good uh, person at wordplay. Mm-hmm. You know, I do have one question for you that I just thought of. Um, what if there's a parent out there listening who thinks that, their kid might be a boy, right? Like you think they're a boy, but they're starting to act like a girl. I mean, because there are gay people too. Are, should kids get tested for their hormones? Or I mean, like, what do you think about that? What I would do is I, to give my advice to somebody, if, if you know that you have a hermaphrodite like I am, let them grow and see how they act because that's pretty much what they're going to be. They're going to choose their own, their own side and they won't know that they have two genitals or two different... Uh, reproductive system. So let them grow, let them see. And if you really want to find out more, then do a chromosome test 
but still let them let them decide because they will show it like I did. Mm-hmm. As far mm-hmm. as you know, gays and mm-hmm. and if the child is acting a little bit um, like feminine, if it's a guy or a girl, I say embrace it. Um, let them do what they do. If it's a fad, it will go away. If it's not, then you kind of know what's going on. But one thing I'm totally against is how the schools are pushing the LGBTQ uh, agenda. Um, I know a friend that was that was considered. They didn't know if they were if they wanted to be a man or a female. Mm-hmm. And when they told the school, the school came after them. Well, you need to do the, the the hormones. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's your right. And they were kind of hard on them, and they were mm-hmm. confusing the child. And then when I when I talked to them, I said, "Look, I said I took the hormones. I said forever. I'm going to need to to have my face shaved. I have to shave every morning. Um, I have to, I could do some electrolysis to make it not as bad. I said I got a deeper voice that I don't like." I said, I had a voice like you and I don't have it anymore. Um, I said, I have, I have hair that, that I got to, I got to take care of. And it's, it's a pain in the butt. And I said, it's embarrassing. And these are things that even if I did, like, let's just say you want to be a, you want to be a female. If you take those hormones, you're going to grow breast. And even though you can kind of reduce it, it will never look the same. So don't listen to what people are trying to force you to do do it when you are ready to do it and know the consequences of those actions. I didn't know the consequences of it. I didn't know that this was ever going to come out. And now that it did come out, I'm in a real bad situation because I have to, I have to do extra work that a normal female wouldn't have done. And I wouldn't have had to do it if I didn't do this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it put me in a situation. It made me sick. Um, It's just, it wasn't a good situation. And so I truly believe that embrace your child, embrace your children, show them that you love them, let them be who they want to be. They'll show you who they're going to be. And like I said, if it is, if it is a fat, it will go away. I've known a couple of kids that were attracted to men that were uh, guys and they don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, I mean, it's, it's up to them how they're going to live their life. Mm -hmm. Just be there for them and love them. And, and if they do come out that they want to be a transsexual, I know that can be horribly, uh, shocking to people but regardless they are your children and if they're over 18 and they want to do it just just love them now i do have a problem with like you've probably seen uh um i am jazz she mm-hmm. went for that sex change surgery and the problem with it is is they started giving her estrogen at the age of kindergarten which made her look like a, a female when she was younger which is great she's not going to have the, the features like i have mm-hmm. however she wasn't she didn't develop big enough to to do a full uh, a full uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. So therefore she ended up ripping and it almost killed her. Wow. So that's why I'm not doing it either. Cause I'm very small, mm-hmm. very, very small. As you can see with the bikini pics, you couldn't tell I had anything there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can't put myself through that. So really know the, the, the consequences. If it's a, if it's a male and he wants to be a female, eventually mm-hmm. he's going to need the size. It needs to grow like a normal male would. So that oh, way yeah. he can have something mm-hmm. and that's a bad problem. And this mm-hmm. is where, this is where we're jumping to conclusions and trying to make people feel good, but give it time. It's mm-hmm. also their children, you know, they're going to develop differently. They might develop normally. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but regardless, those hormones will interfere with that. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to, you don't want to lose your child over sex change surgery because you gave a message in the kindergarten. Mm-hmm. That's you know, a good and make point, it and yeah. have other complications. So know that know who they are, help them know who they are, help them grow. And if they change their mind, they change their mind. If they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But when they do get to the point where they are to take surgery, you know, hormones or surgery, it is 
you can go back, but you'll never be the same. And they have to know that. And there are complications and ramifications to our actions. So definitely look into it before you start something like that. And if you're willing to do that, then that's fine. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. But do your research. I didn't. And I'm stuck with some of these things that I'll never be able to fix. And it, it does play a mental problem into me. So, you know, don't go down my road. Mm-hmm. That's some very good advice. Very sound advice. Um, because I think a lot of parents, they want to, they think they're helping their kid by doing some of these things, but they're not researching <laughs> and they don't know the ramifications. No. So, And schools are, are more PC now and they're more uh, politically correct and they're more, oh, that is PC, mm-hmm. uh, but they're more, they're more agenda based and political based as opposed to back in the past. So they're trying not to infringe on anything, but encouraging and stuff like that is, is, is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't support them if they decide this is what they want to do, but don't kind of force it on them. Even, even the way that we talk now, it's like, if, if a guy came up to me and I was a guy and he asked me out, if I don't accept that I'm now homophobic and that's mm-hmm. not true. It just may not be, I'm not, not attracted to that guy or I'm not attracted to that person. So we're pushing an agenda that is actually kind of confusing children. I'm hearing this a lot more. I talked to a lot of kids and a lot of kids are getting confused because they're hearing what they're hearing in school, that this is okay. You need to, you need to explore, you need to do this. You need to do that. They're playing with fire and it could seriously have mental, mental ramifications on children. And that's, that's something dear to my heart. I don't ever want that. I know what it was like to grow up. I, you know, technically I did a reverse sex change Mm because I, the sex change was to stay male. And, um, like I said, I'm never going to be the same, but that doesn't mean I can't live the way that I want to live and be happy with who I am. But a lot of that was pressure from the outside community as well, because it's like, I knew I was going to get beat up. I knew I had to do this. And and I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to go back with like, you know, doing these stupid things and it's little things, but it's those little things can get to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I disagree with how they're pushing the LGBTQ agenda on the kids. However, what they should do is not try to get them to experiment with other, with being gay, being lesbian, being bi, being transsexual. Instead, teach how to accept people and love people for who they are, because we're all brothers and sisters. So treat them, treat them with respect, treat them with love. That I have no problem with in school, but pushing agendas and pushing political agendas is a bad idea. And I have always been against that, no matter what the agenda is in school. Mm -hmm. Good for you. I love that. Thank you so much for being on my show. I appreciate you so much. You've you've taught me a lot. Um, I have always been very careful of what I post on social media. And I always try to reflect on who's going to read it, how it's going to be read. Um, I've been cyberbullied before. I'm sure you have too. Um, Yeah. But you did open up a new um, challenge for me about a year ago when I when you came to me and talked to me about some of these things that you didn't even know and realize. Um, like I said, I was born in a really um, strict Christian home and raised in a strict Christian home and was afraid to make any kind of waves, um, really, until I started military advocacy. But I never really felt like I could let my guard down and be my true self all the time online. Um, and I have changed a little bit because I, <laughs> I see that, you know what, you can post what you want and I'm still tactful, but not everybody's going to agree. And if they don't agree, 
I can block and delete them if they're jerks, or I can answer them and go on about my business and it's not the end of the world. So you did definitely teach me to be a little bit more um, self-loving and embrace myself and not worry so much about what people think. So thank you so much for that. I really can't repay you for that. Well, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I, I'm, I make an impact on people. And, you know, you made a big impact on me, too, because ironically, at the time when I told you, uh, it was really funny because I wasn't going to let anybody know anything. There's only like two people that knew and maybe three. And it was uh, one. I was having trouble with one of my friends. And for people that don't know, it was it was late at night. I think it was like 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And I was talking to them on Facebook and I was like, oh, my God, I'm losing my friend, blah, 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 blah. And I had said something. I don't you, remember yeah, what it was, you but something you about had, your friend. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. And the, ironically, I thought I was talking to them when you popped, when your thing popped in and I told you kind of what was going on with me. And I was like, then I sent it. I'm like, oh my God, I just sent that. And I was like, so, but you know what, when, when you, when you accepted that, it actually made me start to tell other people quicker than I was going to. So it gave me some courage that, you know, yeah, there are going to be people that are going to hate me. I'm not going to be able to make everybody think I'm beautiful. I'm not going to make everybody think that I'm ugly. Um, I can't even make everybody love me, but it made me realize that there are people out there that will. So why not try and, and try to, and try to make a difference. So you definitely helped me with that too. Oh, good. Yeah. When you wrote me that, I was like, aha, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, that was my initial reaction. Like, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. I can, I can see where you have been hurting and I was right on that. And now you're not going to hurt anymore because you're coming out and telling everybody. And I think that's awesome. (laughs) You just, you did it slowly, slowly, but you're, you're definitely out now. And letting I'm an overthinker because I had a four phase plan. I had mm-hmm. phase one, two, three, and four all planned out in case doomsday ever happened. And it did. Mm-hmm. And I started following that. And believe it or not, it made it, it, I think it made it easier for other people to hear it. And it made it easier for me to tell. And I could control it more than just here goes, you know. So I think it, I think it helped a lot of people as well. And I gave them the opportunity to either read me a new one or you know, completely embraced me. And I just sat there with my arms down on my side, you know, it wasn't like, you know, bowed up or anything like that ready for it. And I just let them say what they wanted to say. And I think it helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope you're sleeping better at night now. I've never slept good. Even when I was a child, I mean, my mom would just sit me up in front of the TV and I just flop over when I was a little, little baby. Cause I never slept, but physically about thinking about it. Yes. Much better. Mm-hmm. but sleeping now doesn't come for, doesn't come good for me. <laughs> That's right. I remember your nighttime, extra, your nighttime extravaganzas. <laughs> yes. Emma after dark. I still yes. do that all the time. That's it's so awesome. much fun. It is. Uh, the other night I almost went for a walk at one 30 in the morning cause I couldn't sleep. So that's totally totally after that. dark. You yeah. go outside, have fun, <laughs> listen to music, look at the stars, look at the moon. It's, it's very spiritual. We should Clean do a you. show on that. We could uh, we could start our own another podcast about our after dark experiences. <laughs> and, so, the, and the thing about it is, anything goes. You can eat whatever you want. If it's fatty, if it's calorie ridden, who cares? If you want to dance out and and wear a tutu and look stupid, who cares? <laughs> you know, it's just you to be yourself and be fun and 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 get your your mental you know train of thought back. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, thank you, Emma, so much for sharing your story. You're amazing. I, it's funny because I, every time I go to wrap up the show, I think of something else, but I would love (laughs) to have you on again. I think you're an amazing person. And I think that you talking publicly is so, so important. So thank you. And to my listeners out there, there, if you listen to this show and you have any questions, or maybe you were born a hermaphrodite and you don't know anybody else, I would love to connect you to Emma. And I'm sure she'd be willing to talk to you. Um, because there's not a lot of you out there and you need to be there for each other. So thank you everybody. And be sure to tune in every Friday on your favorite podcast platforms, Amazon TV, Roku, and then on my radio stations, Wednesdays and Fridays. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it.